Yeah. It's okay. Um, I, I should probably talk a little louder, even though I'm whispering. Yeah. Um, no, I, I can barely so, hear you. So I just got that uh, email from uh, our producer, and Chris Dana. Hardwick is not our guest. Yeah. 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 No, I, I, I read that too. Yeah. So um, it's Dana. She's our guest. Yeah. I feel attacked. I feel uh, bamboozled. Well, uh, we we didn't take her notes from last week, you know. Oh yeah. So uh, I feel I feel ambushed. Yeah, hoodwinked. Yeah. So I Bob I mean I even. guess. Yeah. Sure. I thought you were defend. I thought you were defending her. I thought you were on her team. Well, no, I am just trying to accurately get a picture of how you're feeling with this. Oh, okay. So you're you're mirroring my. Uh, uh, okay. Yeah. All right. So. Um, yeah, so this is unfortunate. Oh, shit, she's coming. And then we can run the theme. Run the theme. So I did the I did the introduction last time. Does it mean you're gonna do the introduction this time, Kyle? Because I mean, you've been doing a decent job. Of hey, <laughs> welcome to Twin Peaks, hey, the show yeah. where we talk about Twin Peaks. I'm your host, Michael, and it's Kyle. Um, yeah, welcome back uh, to another episode. We just watched another. Uh, Riveting episode of Twin Peaks. I'm excited to get to it. Episode um, four, episode three. Yeah, we should uh, talk a little house before we uh, um, get started with it. Uh, I believe Kyle, you have some o- uh, omissions or uh, some oh, things to change. Yeah, uh, corrections. Some corrections of some things that, as the uh, voice of experience on this podcast, I really shouldn't have gotten wrong in the first place. Uh, I think in okay, so. Uh, going to be quick. First thing, I think in episode one, I said that, right? I called uh, Shelly Johnson's character Shelly Long. That is not correct. <laughs> Shelly Shelley Long? Shelly Long is an actress who plays Diane Chambers in Cheers and Frasier. So, okay. there's that. Uh, <laughs> I think in last week's episode, um, I also referred to the actress who plays Laura Palmer as Sherilyn Fenn, which is wrong. Sherilyn Fenn plays Audrey. It's Cheryl Lee who plays Laura Palmer. So that's it. Wow. Those are two things that no one would have gotten. Hey, uh, but I'm just you. trying to paint an accurate picture. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, I guess more things about, uh, you know, talking about the actual show. Mm-hmm. Um, I've listened to some recordings, and I uh, think Kyle is purposely mixing my sound, so I sound like I'm in a tin can. Uh, so we switched microphones for this episode. <laughs> so if I still sound like I'm in a tin can, then I know this is Kyle trying to make me look bad. <laughs> all, all right. That was a pretty menacing. <laughs> you can edit that out. Yeah, oh, yeah. No, I'm, I'm definitely going to edit that out. Yeah. Um uh, but yeah, before we get started, I guess we should also introduce our special guest. Yeah. Uh, for today, um, not you know her yeah. from a podcast of her own. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't believe I know the name of that podcast, but I'm sure she can talk about it. Um, you know her from uh, WatchDana'sCat.com. Yeah. Yes. Uh, hopefully, she got someone to watch her cat last week. Yep. Um, and uh, she's a producer of this show. Her name is Dana. Welcome, Dana. Ooh. Thanks so much for having me, guys. Yeah. How's it going? Yeah. It's great. I'm excited to be on, excited to be a part of this, excited to be your producer. Yeah. yeah. Mike? Do you have any like immediate notes for us? Uh, we did not take any of your notes previously. That was... Yeah, I noticed that. I noticed you didn't listen to my notes mm-hmm. from last time. We listened. Um, we just didn't act. Yeah. I... <laughs> yep. I thought they were good notes. Let me let me just uh, put that out there right from the outset. I thought they were good. You just well, yeah. So I, I would just suggest like listen to my notes and like Kyle. Like sometimes you laugh so hard it's like a choking. There's like a choking thing happening. Anyway, don't do that. Um, well, that's just a but just like thing. that in my notes. I can't really. Oh, yeah. 
Um, so, I'm sorry. I, I didn't realize right. it's, it's my bad. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So aside from that note, all the other notes are good. Um, Mike? Mike. Do I have notes for her? I don't know. What? What? No, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> all right. Let's get on the episode. Sure. Then. Uh, Kyle, you want to hit us with your synopsis of the episode? Yes. Yes, I can do that. <laughs> um, all right. So, uh, do you have the timer? Uh, you're, you've been timed. You're already oh, at 20 seconds. God damn it. Okay. Uh, Audrey reveals her good intentions. Cooper recounts his dream at the Twin Peaks Police Department. Albert clashes with Dr. Hayward over the status of Laura Palmer's body. Madeline Palmer visits to pay her respects. Norma's husband is evaluated for parole as Coop and Sheriff Truman investigate their first lead. Laura's funeral goes off with plenty of hitches, and Coop is introduced to the town's secret society. Plans are thwarted, and Leland attempts to dance the night away. How was Great. That? Yeah, it was good. Yeah, it it was like forty seconds though. God damn um, it! But mm. that does include the twenty seconds that you didn't know. You, <laughs> okay, so we're at for. twenty seconds. Oh, uh, that's one way to look at it. Yeah, that's the only way to look at it. Um. So yeah. So I. What? I think we should just get started with uh, our first segment. Weirdest character. Dana, we'll, we'll let it start it off with you. Who's the weirdest character in this episode? Oh man, you know, like. <sighs> I'm really weirded out. This is, this doesn't make any sense at all, but I'm really weirded out by Shelly in this episode. Yeah. Oh, I think I well, know the scene that you're talking about that you uh, Yeah, I mean, by. it's not even a scene. It's like a, a moment after Laura's funeral at the Double <laughs> R, uh, where Shelly's entertaining two elderly patrons at the Double R with, like, a reenactment of how Leland jumps onto the casket. Right. Was that Laura's what she was doing? Yeah. Into the ground. yeah. Yeah, with like a napkin holder. Or, or, uh, and they're all like laughing him. riotously. No. Um, she might have also been using that napkin holder as a tech deck, but uh, I'm guessing that's not it. <laughs> that's before her time. <laughs> Pretty sure it was like a, a casket reenactment and like her, you know, well manicured red fingernails were Leland's legs. And right. I didn't get it. And I thought it was like pretty monstrous behavior. A little unexpected from her, and so I would give her weirdest character just for that. Give her demerits. Yeah, definitely. So, and, and she seems pretty normal, like in most episodes, right? Yeah. But this was like so bizarre, and uh, I would say callous, even. See, it's funny <laughs> that you mentioned that scene because that's actually one of the few things that I wrote down as like a notable thing outside of the usual segments. Of uh, so, Shelley, I have it down that Shelley's being a real dick, but she's also like. To me, she's also just being believable as someone who doesn't really have a, a strong connection with the person who's passed and who's witnessed that ridiculous thing that's happened at this funeral. Like, she's going to be a little bit detached. And if, I don't know, I can easily see someone being like that, which is kind of sad because it's a very dickish thing to do. Yeah. But I don't know. I mean, she's like, she's sleeping with Bobby who was, yeah. you know, technically Laura's boyfriend, I feel like I would have more of a connection with the deceased. Um, yeah. Like, being the other woman, you know? I, I think it's bizarre that she's so detached from the situation. And her husband probably killed Laura. Exactly, right. yeah. She's, like, touched Laura's dried blood <laughs> on a shirt. Well, it's, That's true. That's I mean, true. that was Leo's stuff. It could be anyone's blood. Right. Or anything's, as we've discussed. Yeah. Um, yeah. All right, Kyle, who do you got? Oh, um, all right. So I'm going to go with a more traditional, just straight up weird, weird answer of Leland Palmer. Leland mm. gets real weird this episode and kind of sets him off on a pattern of weirdness to come and just very strange. Um, a lot of, I don't know, a lot of crying, a lot of strong Dancing. emotions from Leland. Like he's he's really just kind of becoming Sarah Palmer in his emotional reactions to things. Like when at the outset he was so grounded, but still remorseful that you know, or not remorseful, but uh, you know, sad that his daughter was dead. But now he's just getting weirder and weirder, and yeah, I don't know. Yeah, his his dancing is now becoming his catchphrase, just like his wife's screaming. Right. Yeah. Um. I mean, assuming anyone would dance with him, which... Well, he's, 
repulsing the other patrons, right? Like that there was a couple there were a couple of women he tried to dance with who were like visibly repulsed. Oh yeah. By him. I mean, <laughs> to be fair, if any of us were in that situation, uh I feel like that would be a very similar uh, reaction that Oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, hey crying elderly man. I I will dance with you. Yes, let's do this. Do you think he was drunk when that happened? No. Nope. Yeah. It'd be better if he was drunk. <laughs> what I'd feel better about it. <laughs> oh, okay. You'd feel better about it. Yeah. Um, I guess for weirdest character, I got to go with uh, Nadine. Mm. Um, mm. It's the little things, Nadine, especially. Um, it's just a subtle when, performance. When it's, well, no, no, no. Uh, <laughs> when the camera's panning in, uh, in her and Ed's house in the beginning. And you see a little sculpture. I don't know if you call it, but <laughs> yes, there's a little Nadine with an eye patch. Uh, yes, on her. I was hoping this would come up. Mm-hmm. Yep. Oh, oh, great, great little, uh, great little addition there. But then the big one that really blew my mind was when um, she doesn't know who James is. Yeah, he he's lived with them a lot. Uh, he, he comes by. He definitely comes by. I I I mean I thought he was under Ed's care. He, he, yeah, he's living there, right? Until his mom gets back. I don't think he's living there. I think I think he's. Where would he live? Uh, probably his parents' place. Like they don't just uh. leave their house and sell it every time they go. Um, I think he's kind of just autonomous. But then he checks in with Ed, and Ed checks in on him every so often. It's still hard to believe that Nadine would not recognize her nephew. Yeah, because Nadine <laughs> has some. <laughs> It, it's revealed by that line that Nadine is out of her mind. And it's very sad. <laughs> like, I didn't think yeah. that's, that, that scene was weird so much as it's just very tragic. Like, she just yeah. gets done explaining this whole sordid love triangle. Oh, that's so sad. Yeah, and she's really not picking up on the clues that Ed is throwing out there, that he does not feel the same way about the little brown dormouse. Uh, and God, God damn, it's sad. Why hasn't Ed left her? Because he, she's insane, and it's a small town, and in small towns you don't get divorced. It becomes clear later too, right? Like why why he stays with Nadine. I, I feel like there's like more backstory to their relationship that becomes clear in later episodes. Yeah. Say no more. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Sorry. It was too much. No. 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 <laughs> Nadine is in future episodes, Mike. Okay. Great. All right. I want to see more of Nadine. She's a very interesting character. Yeah. Um, she becomes more interesting. Oh, yeah. Say. Season two. Ooh. Get ready for it. <laughs> All right. I guess we got to go to weirdest scene then. Yeah. Uh, Kyle, let's start out with you. What do you got? Uh, I feel like it's a it's a cheat answer, but um, and sorry to take this off the table for you guys. The funeral. Funeral has to be it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah. There's uh, everyone handles the funeral wrong. <laughs> it seems like <laughs> no one behaves like they should at that funeral. Uh, yeah. I don't yeah. know. Guys, thoughts, funeral? Well, yeah, like I think it's kind of upset. Well, it's upsetting to me at least how like Bobby decides that it's okay to like mimic uh, Audrey's like clearly disturbed brother Johnny in his behavior at the funeral oh, and then yeah. like launches into this giant tire. Like that's pretty messed up. It, it was I, 1990 though. No one cared about mentally or differently abled individuals back then. That's true. Like they, I, what? I thought uh, I. I'm sorry. I'm totally cutting off. I was going down a totally different tangent. What were we saying, Kyle? Well, I was just gonna say that uh, indicative of that is Audrey's referring to his condition as emotional problems, which is clearly not what's happening. Mm. Yeah. So yeah, I really liked Bobby's speech. I'm a big fan of Bobby in general, but his, I thought his speech was really interesting. No one's ever taken that attitude yet so far in the show that people knew that, uh, Laura Palmer wasn't doing well yeah, and that she was involved in a bunch of stuff and no one was saying anything. So it's not, it, I think it's really interesting for that to happen. He's not saying she's a bad person because she was doing, uh, some not good things, but everyone turning a blind eye on her was. Yeah. And, it's a completely different perspective. It's it's always seemed like she was hiding it from everybody, but it's, right. but from his speech, it sounds like quite a few people knew about it. Yeah, I mean, even James knew about the coke. Uh, mm-hmm. 
Yeah, it's also interesting. It just adds further wrinkles to Bobby's character because he's also still the guy who's been cheating on her with Shelly Johnson all of this time um, and hasn't really shown any sort of remorse for that uh, transgression against her. I mean, technically Everyone she is was, cheating with everybody else, though. Yeah, she was technically seeing James, but he didn't know about James until the investigation, right? Um, until it's revealed that there's the bicycle in her uh, eyes reflection. Um, so in theory, mm. he's he's he doesn't know about that side of things, right? This is almost what I would propose. I think that like Bobby is smart enough to be overwhelmed by Laura and her like obvious problems that she's having prior to her death. Mm. Like I, I get the impression from this episode, especially that he just did not handle her. Like she was too much, you know, unlike Shelly, who's kind of got her uncomplicated. I mean, it's not uncomplicated, but it's like a simpler mm-hmm. sort of life. Yeah. James, on the other hand, seems like too dumb to recognize <laughs> that like Laura was beyond <laughs> his help. Uh, yeah. I don't know. Like, I hate to like attribute depth to Bobby, but I do almost get that from this episode. And I will say that like the first time I watched the first season, that speech at the funeral was something that, like stuck with me, and I like thought about it afterwards a couple times. Like, because it was like so counter to like small town culture. Exactly. Yeah. So you would attribute Laura's death to Bobby? Is that what you're saying? Not no, not not her death, but like some sort of depth. Oh, depth, depth. Sorry. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, which like James is obviously not capable of. Oh, he is, I would say. as Laura said, an idiot. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, no, uh, I think <laughs> I think on my on this uh, third or fourth time watching through this series and talking about it, uh, I am really really enjoying Bobby. <laughs> like, <laughs> Bobby is a great character, and I'm I didn't so realize good. that <laughs> until this time around. Like. Every time he's on screen, he's just magnetic, and he's such a complicated character, like way more complicated than virtually any other character on the show. Yeah. He, mm-hmm. he kind of reminds me of uh, Hank from Breaking Bad, where like at fir- he seems like the just bro-y guy at first, but then you'd start listening to him talk, and he's got like a lot of weird problems going on in his life, and he's got a lot of depth. Yeah. Yeah. Plus, you get to see more of Garland Briggs when you hang out with Bobby. So, oh man, great scenes. Anyways, yeah. let's not get into that. <laughs> Save it for Dana. later. Save it for later. Oh, but yeah, yeah, that's gonna be mentioned later. Yeah, Dana, who do you got for uh, weirdest scene? For weirdest scene. Man, I like double dipped here, and I also put that scene at the the double R with Shelly in like the napkin dispenser. It really Fair bothered enough. me. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> it's really not like cool, Shelly. Really not cool. It's, it's like unexpectedly shitty from like her and those old men. Like this tragic thing has happened in town. Maybe don't laugh at this poor father. I don't know. Yeah, I feel really stupid because I didn't realize they were talking about the funeral. I thought it was supposed to be like a parallel thing where she just happens to be saying like a a joke about a funeral. I thought it was like a joke. Am I stupid? <laughs> <What>? <laughs> I'm, okay, I'm, I'm surprised you didn't also interpret it as a tech deck, but <laughs> no, I just, I didn't get it. I didn't get it at all. Uh, yeah, um, clearly. She um, also made those weird sound effects. Do you whoa. remember that? Like, she, yeah, they weren't even good really, but she like went out of her way oh, yeah. to make these like very unfeminine sounds about like the <laughs> casket. I don't know. She's just yeah. challenging gender norms, right? Um, Guys, let's talk about it. <laughs> Hey, can I talk more about the funeral scene? Because I just it, it yeah, instead of saying my own weird scene, I just want to talk more about the funeral scene. Because yeah. there's so many weird things in there. Well, it, it's such a focal point of the episode. We're gonna probably be revisiting it the entire time. Yeah. Here's a little tiny note. Did Audrey purposely style her, her hair like uh, Agent Cooper's? Oh my gosh, she did. <laughs> I never picked up on that. Me neither. <laughs> Because that's what that's what guys want to see. <laughs> because you see her with this weird slick back hair, and she looks—it's it, not really a good look. She and could then be she going makes for eye the contact Josie. with Cooper. I'm it's, sorry. She could be going for the Josie. Okay, well, she makes eye contact with Dale Cooper right after that. So right. I think uh, I think that's got to be the case. Yeah. No, I did not put that together. Um, Me neither. Okay, this is going to be weird, uh, but. Not, 
<laughs> also just something that I noticed this third time around. Uh, is Does it strike anyone else as being kind of odd, like how traditionally attractive Johnny Horn is? Yeah, he's, he's like maybe again. the... Like, the best-looking guy in the show, I would say. Like, the yeah. most classically good-looking guy in the entire show is Johnny Horn. Yeah. It's it's yeah, okay. so strange. Mike, get into yep. it. <laughs> I guess I'm into it. Sure. <laughs> Go back, watch the scene, and just behold. Like, he rocks the long hair, too, which yeah. not a lot of people can. Um, And there's that intimate moment where Dr. Jacoby, like, brushes it back for him. Yeah. It's really touching. It, this episode is very sentimental <laughs> and just very sincere all around. It's also, to talk about fashion off. just in general, Donna's hat in that funeral scene was really cool. Did you guys notice <laughs> it? Probably a I'm little not, flashy for a funeral, but yes. I'm not joking. I wrote in my notes. I really like Donna's hat. It looked really cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, everyone's dressed to the nines. It's good. Yeah. It was. A, it, yeah. Yeah. I also noticed something during the funeral scene that they continue doing on later in the show, and maybe they've been doing it before, but I didn't notice it. But there's a lot of scenes where there's a bunch of different characters, and they never show two characters in the same shot mm. after an establishing shot. Huh. So you can't tell who's talking to who. So, like, when Bobby began his speech saying, like, you did this to her, you just see his face and then different people's faces. So I, I wasn't sure if he was talking to anyone in particular. I don't know. Yeah. It's a it's a weird way they shot it. It'd be interesting to pick up who exactly they focused on with what line. Um, knowing David Lynch, I would I would imagine that's not unintentional. Who yeah. he would pick? So, yeah. Is there is there anything more to talk about Leland body slamming the coffin? That's a, uh, I mean. Oh, I do have one one other thing. Um, as he's as he's crying and being elevated up and down. Um, Sarah Palmer yells at him to uh, not ruin this too. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. But ruin what? Outside of the photo that he broke, like what else is he has he ruined thus far? I thought she was referring to the photo. Yeah. I didn't know what she was referring to, but that's a good point. But yeah, there's no other incident so far. Like I'm wondering if she, if it's, I can't imagine it's just the photo. Like, are we supposed to get the impression that Leland is like a like kind of a workaholic dad who's always up at the the lodge um, and not at home? Or I I never got that. Uh, Mike, I don't know. It was first time watcher. Do you do you pick up on that at all? Nothing that I've noticed. It, it, I mean, mm-hmm. he's he's he seems very involved. Like he seems absolutely devastated. He, he yeah. doesn't seem like there's a, like a a connection missing between him and his daughter. It's hard to piece together because we don't have really any uh, time of them before her murder. You know, like mm-hmm. there's never time where they that they spend together before the murder. Uh, yeah, that, I mean, I've never gotten that from the character though. Yeah, um, I guess we should move on to uh, Bad or David Lynch. And I'm um, guessing we'll come back to the funeral at least. Once. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna give a quick uh, shout out before I give my uh, bad or David Lynch mm-hmm. in uh, Leo's scene that he had with uh, when he was talking to uh, Agent Cooper and uh, Truman. Yeah, he was really good at acting there. I thought it was hey. I thought it was really good acting. Nice. Um, usually I'm not a big fan, but uh, I thought he was really good in that scene, especially when he said like he was chopping the wood the whole time, mm-hmm. and they say, "Will you will she, uh, will she confirm the story?" And he goes, "Yeah." If you ask her yeah. in like a way where it's like, yeah, because like, I'll be, because I'll make her I'll, do I'll it. I'll beat the answer out of her. Um, yeah. Do you think that's what it is though? He just needs something to do with his hands. And then <laughs> that's the problem. <laughs> and then he's like, okay, I can distract myself with this. And then now the words just flow naturally. I can be this monster. Yeah. Especially I don't know. But I'm weaponry. In literally every scene, I thought he was really not good and unnatural. And in this one, I thought he was pretty good. Dana, what do you think about uh, uh, Leo's acting? Mm, I thought he was bad in this scene, too. I really did. <laughs> okay, Sorry. so you think he's bad across the board? I, I, yeah, just across the board. Yeah. Is he your nomination for bad or David Lynch scene? No. Ooh. Who do you got for that? Um. So there's like a, there's a scene where the Bookhouse boys go back to that 
the bar or whatever that's mm-hmm. their place. The and they're house. like interviewing yeah, Bernard Renault. Um like everything about that was so bogus. Like you're running this months long sting operation in which Big Ed has been like undercover, but like in this one moment you're gonna like tie the guy up and reveal everyone on the team to him. Like we're all in on this and we're looking at you. And they didn't even ask good questions, I thought. Like the the interrogation was shoddy, like they didn't get anything good out of him or interesting. I don't know. And why didn't you wait for him to hand off the drugs? They, it, like, they ruined the whole point of this thing. They they caught him too early, you know? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, like, early enough that he was able to tip off his brother. He's, like, now involving Leo in his getaway. You know, it really it, sucks that they're not operating as a wing of the uh, police department because this would be a great uh, scene for uh, <laughs> the worst police work segment. Yeah. Well, yeah. I, I think it goes under the category of worst, of, of worst police hey, work. They're acting as private so. citizens, man. They're private citizens. The sheriff is there. Yeah, as a private citizen. He has his badge also, on. Rand Paul, his badge 2016. Is on his chest. <laughs> How was Big Ed undercover in a place like Twin Peaks where he's like having pie with the sheriff at the double R? Well, uh, like, I'm from a small town. That is not how like undercover or like on the down low works. You don't get to go out. At like the restaurant in town. Wait, yeah. uh, I'm I'm just confused about all of that. He, they don't they don't show Ed being undercover, right? No, but they specifically say that that's what he's been doing. But is it up at One Eyed Jacks? No, I thought they said he was undercover when he was at that bar at the um, Roadhouse in the first episode. Yeah, in the Roadhouse on the first episode, uh, he was undercover that night. That's why he was there. Uh, yeah, that makes no goddamn sense. Although, <laughs> I do want to point out one thing uh, in that scene. Um, it's the return of one of the uh, bit parts from the pilot episode. The blonde biker is back. Mm. So With the curly hair. Yeah. He's like the second best looking guy on the show. Yeah, you have really weird taste. No, okay, hold on. I do. Johnny Horn is indisputable. He's like the most attractive male actor on the show uh i'm gonna have to raise an issue with, with the blonde actor but uh he looks yeah. like a, a hockey player stuck in the 80s with a great face and a nice bod i mean i'm just saying <laughs> okay i think it might be the hair that's throwing me off on him it works yeah. for johnny horn doesn't work that's for a, curly blonde it's a complicated haircut yeah but yeah, I gotta give it to uh, um, Batter David Lynch. Also, the the cousin of Jack, what's his name, Bernard. His accent is all over the place. Oh, he's French Canadian. <laughs> his accent is still all over the place. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've heard people with French Canadian accents; they don't sound like that. <laughs> can Can we all stop and admire uh, the fact that French Canadians are a in this show and b in villainous roles? <laughs> are they only in, in villainous roles? <laughs> there are only two. It's the Renault okay. brothers. <laughs> Anyways, Spoilers. that guy's a ter- that guy's a terrible actor. I I don't think I I think in the case of Better David Lynch, it's just bad. <laughs> Kyle, do you see any anything weird? Any uh, any worse acting than that? Uh, I thought um, I thought Madeline Palmer's reveal was very uh, stiff in an indescribable way. I don't know if you guys picked up on that. Um, picked yeah. up on well in the sequence. same way that laura palmer's acting has always been pretty stiff right yeah it's, it, like she's like the queen of cheese in the show it's it's both maddie and leland's reaction to one another i think like mm. especially since okay so maddie introduces herself hey uncle leland it's me maddie they both like recognize one another they realize that it's one another there's kind of the happy moment and then boom they're both crying. <laughs> like, I mean, but that seems, it seems realistic. It seems poorly, a little bit poorly acted, but I mean, yeah, that no, could happen. That's no, a situation that probably happens. Oh, the situation is fine. It, okay. It's just the timing of it. And I think the acting of it, that, that's just so yeah. off. It's often a way that only David Lynch can get away with. Um, although I do have one other batter David Lynch uh, thing. <laughs> which isn't even David Lynch, but just 1990 in general. Um, so you also have, like, in addition to Johnny Horn having emotional problems, uh, as far as antiquated characterization, 
Uh, Deputy Hawk is also mentioned as being an expert tracker, which is not Ooh. lost on the audience, uh, seeing that he's Native American. They make a lot of references to him being Native American, especially his speech at the end, talking about, like, oh, we have multiple souls. It seemed very, like, shoehorned in. The speech at the end, uh, I, I can't talk about it too much. Okay. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's, it's just that part, though, of him being an expert tracker is uh, has always rubbed me the wrong way. Can I give an... Uh, a note about the uh, I'm gonna seem stupid again <laughs> with that uh, scene where Leland meets uh, his niece. I can't tell the difference between Leland Palmer and Mr. Horn. I can't tell the difference between oh, them. They have God. really similar faces. I feel like David Lynch chose a specific type of actor, and it's like guys with like really square, angular faces <laughs> for this show, and also women because like Leland and his wife mm-hmm. look similar as well. I would posit. Yeah. yeah. So every single time. Either of those guys comes on screen. I'm waiting for someone to say their name or some obvious context clue. Okay. Because I don't know who they are. Here's it's, okay. It's really frustrating. First off, Leland is going to get differentiated uh, a bit more starkly in a later eye episode. Um, eye patch? No eye patch. Dana, I think you'll know what I'm talking about with that. Yeah, it's, it's just as noticeable yeah. as an eye patch. Yeah. Good, good. Um, so I, that'll good. make it easier. But then also, uh, Benjamin Horn. I don't think you ever really see him start a scene without glasses on. Um, he might take him off within a scene, but he's always bespectacled. So okay. keep an eye out for glasses. That's Benjamin Horn. Because, yeah, in, in last week's episode, when when um, Leland was dancing with the picture of his daughter. You thought that was Benjamin Horn? So I thought... He got into the, the Horn household? <laughs> no, I thought I thought it was Benjamin Horn at the brothel he was at. And he was waiting for the prostitute to come in, and he saw a picture of Laura Palmer, and he's like, "Laura used to work here." No, and he became really sad about it. Uh, is that why you had that uh, the theory that Laura worked there? That's when I realized my theory. Uh, <laughs> I know it, it doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Also, that is clearly not a brothel. <laughs> it's inside a house. I don't know. Brothel could look nice. I don't know. <laughs> But Benjamin Horn does have a picture of Laura in his home, right? Because, like, Audrey looks at it kind of with envy at one point. Oh. That is weird. Why does he have a picture of her in his office? Ah. He does. I'm pretty sure he does. Like, I feel like you're right. Um, yeah, at the Great Northern or whatever. He's got a picture of her in there, and it's bizarre. Also, there's, uh, there's Audrey's vague connection with her as just being an acquaintance. But I think it might be a remnant of her uh, helping Johnny out. Um, but that's no excuse to display her picture prominently. <laughs> no. <laughs> just like, oh, is that your daughter? No, one of her acquaintances whom I find attractive. <laughs> yeah. Hey, um, I guess it's time for us to get on to um, the police work. Uh, oh, yeah. Where's police work? Kyle and theme song. Bum bum. Thank you for dropping that in, as I'm assuming you will. Yeah. You guys are going to get sued, I swear. Okay, uh, first thing, just, as a producer, just don't don't tell Dick Wolf, <laughs> please. <laughs> I mean, my fingers are crossed, but if somebody else notices, I can't help you. Okay. I'm just saying. All right. Um, so, worst police work. I mean, <laughs> there aren't a lot of options. Uh, Kyle, what do you got for worst police work? Okay. Uh Every time I've watched this episode, I'm just furious at everyone involved in the investigation, except for Alfred. Alfred is the only one who gives a shit about doing a good job. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So first thing, Laura's body really should have been fully examined in accordance with Alfred's wishes. Like he's not being unreasonable in a federal murder investigation of a serial murder case. It's not just to say, though. What? Alfred does go seem a little gung ho about just drilling her head open. Like the way he was gonna start exhuming her body was just drilling her head. She doesn't need it anymore. She's dead. I think there's like a, a special order you're supposed to go in, and it doesn't start with just drilling through a girl's forehead. Well, he already got to her stomach. Yeah, I think this is the end of his list. Yeah, okay. she, he just needs to drain out the brain. It's fine. Um, no, yeah, so the body really should have been fully examined. Like, mm-hmm. they could really easily 
reschedule a funeral, as he mentioned. Uh, Alfred, even though he's being a dick, he shouldn't have been punched. That's wildly unprofessional. Very, uh, very unprofe- unprofessional police work. Yeah. Coop should have signed the report because it was accurate and a fellow federal officer was assaulted on the job by a fe- like by a police officer under Dale Cooper's supervision. Yeah. None of that happens. And it's I, just oh, it's maddening. Kyle, I think I agree. Is, I think this is small potatoes though to Coop and uh what's the secretary's name I keep forgetting? Uh Lucy? Yes. And Lucy just going along with yeah, tell me about your dream <laughs> for <laughs> who killed Laura Palmer. <laughs> Their strategy is to listen to him talking about his dream. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> There's no way that's good. Dana, do you have a, some worse police work than that? Um, I already talked about the bookhouse boys and how skeptical. I They're agree. private I think citizens. Alfred... All right. They're like Blackwater. <laughs> really not um like if you're mixing private citizens and police officers in a public diner it's it's not private anymore um yeah i guess i guess i agree with like alfred being denied the opportunity to do a thorough examination um but i i was also really tickled by like the early morning meeting between sheriff truman cooper and uh lucy where she like carefully transcribed like solve the code find the killer or whatever in her, her notebook that was great. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, like, the way that, uh, like, the the whole meeting between Cooper and Audrey just prior. Oh. Where he's like, your your perfume's fantastic. And oh. she's like, is it? Cooper is flirting hardcore in that scene. But, like, only to confirm that she's the one who put the note under his door. It's He's really I, playing her. No, yeah. I don't think so. Because even after he gets the information, even after he figures that out, he says, ooh, your handwriting sl- sloped to the left. That means you're looking for love. Yeah, you have a romantic a, nature. A pining heart or whatever. Yeah. That's clearly a come on. Yeah, he gets... I'm trying to remember the timing of the scene. I feel like he gets the handwriting sample very early on, and then the rest of it's just playful, flirtatious banter between this uh, aged federal officer and a 17-year-old. Yeah. I mean, he isn't that yeah. aged. How old can he be? 35? I think he's supposed oldest? to be in his 30s. Yeah. And I mean, the actress that plays her is probably in her 30s, too. Uh, not relevant <laughs> in the context of the show. <laughs> She's okay. still 17. She's definitely like one of the more immature characters too, yeah. out of all the teenagers on the show. Mm-hmm. <laughs> As evidenced by her so, wearing his haircut to the funeral. Uh, yes. <laughs> or like hiding in cubby holes. Yeah. Or in her house. Mm-hmm. Well, I think that's a good a uh, a good transition to our mystery segment this week. Right. Um, which uh, has to do with um, uh, Cooper's strategy for finding out uh, who killed Laura Palmer. Um, so in front of me, I, uh, across the room, I have some objects placed on a chair, um, and I'm going to be, uh, throwing some, uh, coins at them. Mm. And so <laughs> Kyle, here's what's going to happen. I'm going to need you to give me, um, a character's name and right. the relation to Laura Palmer. Sure. I will throw a coin at the objects. I'll tell you what happens. And then Dana, you would tell us what we can assume based on this interaction. Oh. Okay. Is okay. this an interesting bit? Do you guys want to do this? Sure. Yeah, I'm ready. Yeah. Great. Um so you want the uh the name and relationship first? Please. All right. Uh Wait, we haven't mentioned Tibet. Someone find a way to me- involve you Tibet. You mentioned into Tibet. This. Do you have your pointer? Okay. Uh Tibet. You need All your right. pointer. Hold on. I I can't be sure of what you're talking about without your wooden pointer. I'm pointing to just the word Tibet on my screen. Close enough. Perfect. So, Kyle? Yeah. Uh, if you please. All right. Bobby Briggs, boyfriend of Laura Palmer. All right. All right. I missed the chair that everything's on entirely, and I threw a quarter. Mm. It means that their relationship was just, like, empty, like, fraudulent. You know, and, mm-hmm. and Bobby was like only able to give her like twenty five percent of what he had. He's given seventy five percent to Shelly. You can tell by the way she reacts to him. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, good. All right, Kyle, what do you got? All right, 
Uh, Nadine Hurley, aunt of Laura's secret boyfriend. That's a stretch. We'll see. Oh, I hit an aspirin bottle with a nickel. Yeah, I think it's probably like Nadine was buying Coke from Laura. That's my guess. Mm. You know, like dr- drugs, like aspirin kind of um, like medicating from their own lives. Mm. The interaction if... of money and drugs. Yeah, it, like pl- they're both involved in like love triangles, too. Yeah, there's a kindred spirit there. Um, yeah. Not that it's my place to uh, say anything as the namesayer, but um, could it be that Laura was stealing medication for Nadine? And selling that. Okay. Guys. From from where? Like stealing it from Nadine and selling it to other people. Yeah, exactly. Or... Oh, yeah. Okay. I'm yeah. a part of that. That would explain a lot about Nadine. Yeah, antipsychotics or whatever. I'm sure you can get yeah. high yeah. off some of that. I don't know. Maybe she Maybe she was it... like convincing James to do it. Ooh. Yeah, that Maybe, she... Maybe she was stealing them from Nadine and giving them to Audrey's brother. Oh. Hmm. Yeah. I think we're coming up with some good theories. Yeah. Kyle, you got any more? If this were cracked, we'd really be uh, flushing these out. Um, let's see. Hmm. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, Audrey Horn, uh, acquaintance of Laura Palmer. All right. I hit a pair of sunglasses with a quarter, but they did not fall or uh, break? fall off the chair ah. or break. Yeah, I think it just means that Audrey's related to her uncle Jerry. <laughs> sure. <laughs> okay. I was uh, I was hoping it would be Audrey is super cool. Super cool. I mean, there's obviously that too. You saw that red sweater right. with the frilly neckline she was wearing at the beginning of this episode. That's a little like speaks for itself, I would say. <laughs> that was a great sweater. Uh, all, all right. What do you got, Kyle? Um, let's go with uh, Catherine Martell. Uh, sister-in-law to <laughs> Josie's translation student, okay. English student, Josie All Packard. Right. I yeah. Uh, I threw a dime and missed completely. It hit the wall. Mm. Josie's never gonna learn English. <laughs> You don't think she speaks English? <laughs> I think she's really struggling. I mean, <laughs> you saw how she thought there was like two books in that save, but really there was one. I mean, she's missing some basic stuff. When you watch the show, do you just imagine that she's this character who <laughs> no one can understand her when she's speaking? I mean, you guys are getting that. It's a, it's from a convenient, uh, convenient translation just for the audience. <laughs> She's yeah. constantly convinced that people are like after her and stuff. I mean, obviously she's just like it's like a rugrat situation. Of, that wasn't yeah. we can understand her. This was a note that I had written down, which is the drama about Josie is so boring. I don't care at all. It's like oh. the most boring part of the show. <laughs> like I don't care what ha- care what happens to the plant. There's so, like the drug thing's more interesting. Like everything else is interesting. Whenever they cut to Josie talking about these books, I'm so bored. Is oh, that totally. It, it's okay. the worst. Uh, it's the worst of the plot lines, I think. Yeah. I find Catherine really interesting, though. Oh, she's great. Just yeah. the plot that she's a part of is not. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. She should start talking about how she killed uh, uh, Laura Palmer. I'd be interested. Yeah. She should. She she should just start talking about that. Sure. And uh, we'd still suspect Leo. Yeah. All right, Kyle. I got one more. Okay. Give me a character. Uh, I don't know. Donna Hayward, uh, BFF with Laura Palmer. All right. Ooh. I threw two quarters and knocked the sunglasses to the floor. Oh. Who is associated with the sunglasses? Audrey. Audrey. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Seems to just speak for itself. I think we should move on. I think on. it speaks for itself. Yeah. Best yeah, music we don't need to discuss it. <laughs> okay. All right, great. Okay. Well, that was fun. Thanks for uh, thanks for letting me do that. I feel like we learned a lot. Yeah. Um, a good mystery segment. I liked it. Yeah. Thank you. More than the show. Uh, more than we learned from the show. I think. I think. It, I think it revealed a lot. Yeah. No. 
Um, We're really on to something with Nadine and her medication. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, next, we got to talk about best music cue. I'm just going to say right here, it's got to be Leland Palmer. Uh, that final uh, scene of him dancing. Uh, oh. They're playing jazz music. Yeah. It's great. Dana? I need, what? I, I can't do any better than that scene. I really can't. See, Con- I was going to say that scene, but I feel like it was just so close to last week's Pennsylvania 6 5000 that I was, <laughs> I, I don't know. Well, I just I mean, had to switch it up. This happens again and again, right? Like not to... That's the problem Shit. with not to spoil things. <laughs> that's the Shows problem with the best okay. music cue segment is that we're getting to the point where they're just using the same themes over and over again. It's just how best they're applied. Mm. Yeah. yeah, I mean, Kyle, do you have anything else? Any any other ones? I mean, I think me and Dana agree. Well, so okay, so you guys both say uh, the jazz music at the end. Yeah. All right. So for my music cue, um, it's close because uh, it still involves Leland. I just really like the um, that they use Laura's theme. And that's the intro theme. They use Laura's theme as he's just crying on top of her coffin and like mm-hmm. as it's elevating up and down. I don't know. It's just well done. Yeah. It really uh, sets yep. the mood of the scene as it were yeah um i guess uh, I, I guess we should, uh, we should go right into uh favorite character from the episode yeah we might want to just stop doing best music cues <laughs> <laughs> yeah it just worked best for the first episode i don't know i thought i mean i think you need to give credit to that uh that last music cue it's a really strange music cue playing jazz music over a guy mourning after the funeral of his daughter yeah there's not a lot to pick from though no so. not this episode are we taking it off the list i can take it off the list right now let's keep it on just in case give it one more shot yeah, yeah. okay <laughs> our producer spoke at me have no choice right um favorite character dana oh hold who, on uh, before we get into favorite character we have to uh discuss was dale cooper the best character of this episode oh good question yeah no I would say no. Oh my god! Although I, I, I think this is the re- first time that this has happened, I, Dana. It's monumental. It's it's not my favorite scene, but it's close to it. That scene with uh, with Cooper and Truman in the uh, in their little uh, interrogation room where they meet with what's the guy's name? The guy, the for Senate guy, Alfred. The scene with Alfred. I loved that entire scene. I thought Cooper was pretty good in there. But he wasn't like, he wasn't shining. He didn't have a he didn't have any moments like last week. Right. Um, another strike against Cooper this episode is uh, very strange when he calls or when he uh, makes a note to Diane to look for real estate in Twin Peaks and notes very specifically that he feels like he'll be able to get a good price, which is supposed to be a joke because property values plummet after there's a murder. Uh, yeah, so he's kind of profiteering off of the death of this person that he's investigating. That's gross. I, I don't think he's profiteering. I think he meant like I really like it here. I don't think I don't think oh, that was that. That's what he. That's like what we're supposed to glean. I think, but it's just very opportunistic. I suppose. I refuse to glean. I refuse to glean that. I think. <laughs> I think too negative was, of a light. I think he was speaking objectively. He's just saying, "Hey, property's pro- property's gonna dip." <laughs> Um, okay. It was a weird thing for him to say, but I'm not holding it against him. Right. One of these days Um, I'll convince you that he's an awful person. No. Except he's not. Never. (laughs) Um, okay. So who is cooler than, uh, federal agent uh, Dale Cooper, than federal agent Dale Cooper in this episode. And surprisingly, it's not Dr. Jacoby, even though we get an entire scene with him. Yeah. Uh, He's surprisingly boring. Mike, I think uh, you should you should take this one first. Oh, man. I, I, I come up with all these at the last moment. I don't... Oh, uh, who am I going to say? Albert. Albert. Albert's got to be my favorite. Uh, Was that not good? He's a coasty. <laughs> I, just, I just moved from uh, the East Coast. Um, I, he's great. He he's uh, he's good at his job, which is one of the reasons why I like Cooper. Um, actually, Cooper isn't that good at his job, but okay. Um, Wait, oh, hold on. Serious question: 
Have I been calling him Alfred this entire episode? Or have I, I been think saying, it is Alfred. You have me, uh, you got me I thinking believe, about I wrote it. down Albert. Is it Albert? Don't worry, I've got the Wikipedia page up. Just a oh, second. Good. That's actually something uh, we should probably it's, do. It's Albert. Oh, oh, shit. Man, if I've been saying Alfred this entire episode, I should just quit the podcast because I just get everything wrong. Yeah. I mean, I didn't want to say that I wrote down that you should quit, but... <laughs> it's a note. As a producer, I maybe did. Okay. Really, we can talk about it. Um... But, uh, yeah, I think, I, I don't know. I, I thought there weren't any huge standout favorites in this episode. There are a lot of people I really like. Bobby's dad was around, and he wasn't particularly great. Yeah. He, but he, he didn't blow my mind. Dr. Jacoby was there. He didn't do too much. Aubrey. Audrey. He, Audrey, she's usually a favorite. I feel like she wasn't up to very much. I don't know. I just think after the absolute barn burner that was last week's episode, um... I don't know. Should I give it to Leland Palmer? He had a lot to do. Oh, so you're not uh, you're not locked in on Albert? No, I'm not. Lo- oh, I need to lock in now. All, All right. right, I'm gonna go Leland. I'm gonna go Leland. Okay. Um, All right. Because yeah. he had two big freakouts. Yeah. And he was just he was just tearing it up. Sure. Uh, I can't I can't back it up that much. Who do you guys got? Give me. Give me something. Yeah. Well, I feel like I based my decision. Partially on the fact that I'm only going to be here for this episode, uh, and I wanted to get it out there. My favorite character is Audrey. Um, oh man, she. Yeah, I think she's like the only person on the show with like a solid moral compass. Certainly, like the only woman on the show with like a solid moral compass. Mike, I really like her. I know that this is all seeming like lunacy right now, but trust me, Dana knows what she's talking about. Yeah, <laughs> so I, ju- I just want to say that while I have the chance to say okay. it. Um, I'm going like, to assume I mean, from even... that that it's going to turn out the deal with the Norwegians would have been really bad for some reason. But well, I, I feel like I feel like even now we can see that the Norwegians are like they represent like development. You know, like progress. See, this is and what like, I was trying to tell Mike, and he was not yeah. having it. I was like, we're already starting to see hints of Audrey being almost like a, uh, not necessarily like a Robin Hood type character, but, you know, someone who's like tearing down an institution that she doesn't fully agree with, namely her father's business. Exactly. Yeah. Like she recognizes her dad as kind of this like evil capitalist, uh, like bringing all this business into town. And like Sheriff Truman says, like, we like it, you know that Twin mm-hmm. Peaks is kind of secluded and, like, lonesome. Um, and I feel like Audrey also likes that and doesn't want her dad to, like, bring this big business in. And in this episode specifically, she, like, cops to calling out One-Eyed Jacks and, like, explains this to Agent Cooper, even though it's, it's like, kind of uncomfortable for a teenage girl yeah. to talk about this brothel. It's, uh, it's not uncomfortable man. for uh, David Lynch's teenage girls, though. Mm-hmm. Let's be let's be real. Okay, well, I was uncomfortable <laughs> as a 26-year-old and could only imagine how I would have felt at 16. Um, so, yeah, I, like, I admire her in this episode. And then there's, like, the whole, the whole scene where she's, like, sneaking in and kind of spying on her parents and her brother Johnny and Dr. Jacoby. Mm-hmm. Um, she's, like, a... She she's cares. an observant individual. Exactly, yeah. And I like that about her. And I, I think she's possibly one of the best... Uh, most good characters in the show. Most morally good. Exactly. Yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah, yeah. She's not. She's not that much fun to watch, but she's like <laughs> doing the right stuff. I don't know, man. That sexy teenage Audrey dancing. Uh, yeah, it doesn't do much for me. Her. Sorry. Boom. That curly-haired biker, though. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> yeah. No, Audrey's great. I just didn't think that this episode. She she just didn't have that much to do in this episode, other than that opening scene. Right. But that's yeah. Uh, yeah, but you're going through a lifetime show of the uh, right. of the series. Well, so Dana, would, did you happen to have any sort of backup for that's episode specific, or are you just leaving it at the meta answer of Audrey? I would even say Audrey for like my episode specific answer. You know, she's she is kind of guileless and like super earnest in her conversation with uh, Agent Cooper in the morning. You know, she's a weirdo, but she owns it and. Yeah. yeah, it's I a great like scene. She, yeah, she yeah. she reveals the fact that she's yeah she wants to help in the investigation, uh, which is good. So. Yeah, but I'm, I'm interested in what you think, Kyle. Like, who was better? <laughs> so, the person I put down is I actually have Albert down as my favorite character. Oh, oh, you were making me feel bad for saying Albert. I, I wasn't making him. you feel bad. I was just asking. <laughs> Wait, Alfred or Albert? It's Albert. Okay, you had it right. I was. Yeah. Uh, 
No, uh, I, I have to put Albert just because I sympathize with him so much during the entire investigative processes that were happening during the scene. Like, he had the right of literally every scene that he was in. He was a dick, but he was a consummate professional throughout, aside from yeah. being a dick. And, yeah, I don't know. I don't really have much <laughs> much better of an explanation from that or than sure. that. Well, actually, since this episode, since we're having a hard time trying to figure out who's uh, our favorite character, mm -hmm. maybe we should uh, go to a conversation that I had, um, a phone conversation I have. Dana, were you on this phone conversation? I'm trying to remember. No. Okay. Mm -hmm. Okay. Dana was not on this phone conversation, but I uh, I gave uh, David Lynch a call oh. um, to ask him about who his favorite character for this episode was. Yeah. Kyle, you want to drop in that clip now? Uh, sure. Uh, yeah. Mr. Lynch, thanks for agreeing to talk to me again. It's uh, it's it's great uh, great to talk to you again. How it's are you? It's been a while. Yeah, you're. <laughs> it, it it has been a while. Um, so uh, today we're talking about episode four of Twin Peaks. You mean episode oh. three? Well, no, no, I didn't. <laughs> it's uh, episode well, it four. It starts with the pilot, and then yeah. you count from one from there. Okay, we're watching the fourth episode of Twin Peaks. Okay. Entitled Episode 3, Rest in Pain. Thank you. Uh, do you care to comment on why you titled it Rest in Pain? It's well, I, like puns? I think it's pretty obvious. I love puns. <laughs> why aren't there more puns in Twin Peaks? The goddamn network. That was the only note they had. They were cool with you having long sequences of people screaming. Those cocksuckers at Showtime <laughs> shut me down at every turn. Okay. Um, anyways, I wanted to ask you, we were having, uh, or well, I will have a conversation with uh, my friends about uh, who our favorite character in this episode is. Uh, who's your favorite character? Uh, and you aren't allowed to say Dale Cooper. I know he's like. I'm allowed you know, to do whatever I want. It's my show. Okay, who would you say is your favorite character for episode three, Rest in Pain? Dale Cooper. Okay, who's your second favorite character? Can I say Dale Cooper? No. Are you sure? You're, you're asking me. I'm saying, yeah, I'm sure you can't say that. Fine. Albert. Okay, so that's the conversation I had with uh, David Lynch. Um, you can tell that him and Kyle... Uh, Probably yeah, speak uh, together uh, privately a lot. Uh, well, yeah, no, uh, we don't, which is actually really surprising when I when I heard that. But uh, yeah, yeah, it's good. No, it feels uh, kind of validating of my assessment of the characters on the show. It's validating that a guy who you live with thinks the same way you do. I mean, uh, I, I live around, uh, but we don't really talk much. It's a, it's a yeah. strange, strange, strained relationship. Yeah. All right. Well, um, I guess we should just uh, wrap it up with uh, our favorite scene of the episode. Mm -hmm. um, I guess Dana will give it to you first. Um, are, is the funeral scene off the table? Is that off the table? Mm, I, Let's say no. Dana, I, what's your favorite yeah, scene? I say leave it in. Uh, it's, it's definitely the funeral. I love it when, um, when Johnny like expresses himself at the funeral and I love it even more when Bobby says like the same thing, just as rambunctiously, mm -hmm. like that whole, I'm um, and then like, like what? basically like throws it in everyone's face that they are responsible for Laura's demise because I no hate one. small towns and <laughs> I, I do feel like they're responsible or the things that happen to people who live For there. corrupting people. Yeah. Nice. So that was my favorite scene. Nice. Oh. <laughs> also, the, the pastor specifically said, Laura always thought I talked too much, so I'm not going to do it now. And I was like, yeah, don't. Because <laughs> you're boring. <laughs> yeah, I'm glad the pastor's not really much of a character. Yeah, he didn't do too much. Yeah. yeah. Kyle, what, uh, what do you got? Uh, So... I, uh, the funeral scene's great. You have to just acknowledge that from the outset. Um, I kind of think I was uh, anticipating someone picking it, so I uh, that's not what I put down for my favorite scene. I think my favorite scene in rewatching the episode, though, is um, Nadine and Ed's conversation 
like it's just so tragic in a way that explains a lot about uh ed and nadine's situation especially in a like because some 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 has been explained about nadine thus far but not a lot and this really just opens up a lot of uh character floodgates for her and i think it's it's just really a it's a good feeling as a viewer to sort of get a a deeper insight into what's going on with her and just knowing that it is so tragic just adds an additional layer on top of everything that's going on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. It was a, it was really good acting in that scene too. Yeah. It was really, uh, yeah. Like, good scene. even if it's, even if it's like kind of unbelievable that she doesn't recognize who James is, like the way that she delivered that line, it, it's just, it's so well done. <laughs> it's mm-hmm. just so sad. Like, ah, man. I don't know. It's yeah. pretty great. I think personally, I'm going to have to go with the scene we haven't really talked about much. Ooh. Um, but I don't, it's not the scene that's good, but the information that got revealed made me so happy. Um, which is when they're at the diner and they tell uh, Cooper about the secret society. Yeah, the bookhouse boys. I love that there's a secret society in this town. That's, <laughs> I was like smiling. I'm like, cool. There's a secret society of people protecting. Who knows what they're protecting? It's like dark forces, did they say? Yeah, dark forces already... exist in the woods outside of Twin Peaks. That's so Except cool. that like James is apparently a member of the secret society, right? Yeah, probably. Like so... in, in my mind, that really negates any cool factor <laughs> that the secret society might have had. <laughs> You don't think James like, yeah, is kind of cool? Yeah, James is in on it. No. <laughs> James is just an idiot. James is an idiot. Mm, he's an idiot. You can be an idiot and be cool. No. No, you can't. <laughs> he rides a motorcycle. Bobby is clearly the coolest character in uh, amongst the high schoolers. There's like there's like four high schoolers that we know. Yeah, that's and, all you need. That's the size okay. of the Twin Peaks high school. <laughs> Them, no, and the, cool. them and the them and the breakdancing dude. Audrey's cooler than both of them. Mm. She's more likable, but she's she doesn't have the cool factor. Okay, maybe. Yeah. Um. Like who would who would you uh, more readily envision moonwalking down the hallway? <laughs> okay, sorry, Kyle. I forgot about your favorite character. Yeah. All right. Thank you. Moonwalking um, Joe. But yeah, revealing that there's a secret society, and then they ended up doing something really boring with it. It turned out to be a really boring drug bust. Um, but I really like that. By there's a, a private militia, society. that's kind of interesting. Yeah, kind of. I don't know. That wasn't. It wasn't a great scene. No. Um, God no. But the idea that they have a secret society made me really happy and excited. And uh, yeah. Yeah. That like the I I feel like it's kind of a nice uh, little bit of bait, a viewer mm-hmm. bait at when they when they mention the dark forces that exist out around the town because it's kind of just like oh what what is this but then they go yeah. to the renault brother and like kind of like this is one of the dark forces You're like oh god this guy sucks yeah by outside of town they just mean there's bad people in canada is what they meant <laughs> <laughs> which is true but yeah yeah <laughs> um yeah so i guess that's pretty much it dana any parting thoughts you have uh uh, for the episode, well, do you have any notes as well? well? I'm sure. Okay, sure. Give us some notes. Yeah. I mean, like, like I said, just the same notes that I've given you before. Like, you know, I, I realize there's maybe a medical condition, Kyle, but when you laugh and you like make that choking, <laughs> I like don't worry about it. Don't let it hold you back or anything. Well, I, I mean, I've I've spent a lot of time, you know, in, in therapy, just kind of coming to terms with that. So that, I'm trying. Like trying to stifle it? Well, yeah, and also just, you know. Or just, like, learn to live with it. Learn to live with it, not letting me hold it, not letting it hold me back. But uh, <laughs> it's hard. Well, yeah, you do you then. Don't worry it's, about it's it. It's hard. Um, yeah, my other notes, you know, like, don't don't worry about a thing. Like, don't worry about the network or, like, any ad revenue. I'll deposit all of it to my bank account. Mm. Just, like, don't worry about things. That's all. Yeah. yeah. What is the network name? Do- uh, you, you need to worry about it. Okay. Wait, do we have an ad for the week? Um, do we have an ad for the week? Um, well, I mean, Kyle, if you want to read the, uh, if, if, I didn't get an ad, but Kyle, if you want to read one, go for it. Uh... <laughs> I do need my bike fixed. Just throwing that out there. Oh, that could be an ad. Okay. Do you have uh... a website that people can go to? Uh, nope. 
greasyhands.com. Don't go there. It sounds terrible. Okay. I can so, verify um, it is want to, uh, If you want to support the show, go to um, Dana's weird uh, fetish site called <laughs> greasyhands.com. <laughs> Enter promo code. I'm into weird stuff. And uh, get 10% off DVDs. Yeah. Okay, great. Um, uh, yeah, Dana, we usually close out with our uh, famous catchphrase. Uh, do you want to say it for this week? Haven't you only said it like once? I maybe don't remember I, it. I think you should say it. We, we've right. said it two times now, I think. Keep on My twinning, bad. everybody. Keep on twinning. Keep on, on twinning. And I guess we'll uh, close out the episode with uh, uh, David Lynch talking about the time when he was in a private militia. <laughs> <laughs> so bad. Bad. <laughs>